Hearings began today for Katanji Brown Jackson's Supreme Court nomination. Now, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Judge Jackson, but the right is always being accused of not granting time to those across the aisle to voice their opinions. So let's fix that right now. Katanji Brown Jackson, she is for real. Never had a justice quite like her. She's a former public defender. Stu does America. What the hell was that? Uh, BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. Use the promo code Stu. Save yourself 10 bucks. Today, we're going to look at the uh, latest cancel culture stuff with the Babylon Bee. Bill Maher is being sane again. I don't know how exactly to handle that. Uh, but we start with doing Katanji Brown-Jackson. I'm sure she's thrilled. This is how her day is being represented. I will say, before we get to all of that, I think I have to hear a little more <laughs> of the ridiculous song we opened with. Katanji Brown Jackson, she is for real. Never had a justice quite like her. She's mm. a former public defender. Katanji mm. Brown Jackson, she is for real. Harvard grad judged at the circuit court and the trial court. She knows the score. Katanji oh. Brown Jackson, God. she is for real. Don't do it again. Many a day has gone by with oh, no. no black female voice. Want the most qualified? No, KBJ's no. a clear choice. Clerked at all three levels of the judiciary. Uh, That's way more than can be said for uh, Miss Amy Coney. Barrett pushed it faster than Cancun Cruz when he fled. So spare us all that bleep like you thought we'd forget. Uh, KBJ is the GOAT. Oh, you want an explanation? Let's look at how much they all did before the nominations. KBJ's oh my, is of experience. She judged for 8.9. Yeah, that's more than Thomas Roberts, Kagan, and Barrett combined. I... I can't tell you how many cringe I, oh my God, that, I don't think we should, never air that again, okay? If, if, even if I say it, don't do it. Sometimes you have to be talked out of your own bad choices, okay? I need people on my side that will help me in these moments. Like, if I say play it, don't, don't play it. Because I'm hurting myself. I'm hurting all of you, too. But I'm hurting myself. You can skip it. I had to listen to the whole thing. So think about that. Whew, that was a tough way to open up a week. All right, so Katanji Brown-Jackson. She's going to try to be the uh, Supreme Court uh, justice. And, you know, we have the best people in our culture making these decisions. People who are on top of the ball. Uh, people who are at their peak physical and mental condition who are overseeing this process. And Dan McLaughlin uh, pointed this out. Grassley handed it off to Leahy. They are, between them, a combined 175 years old. <laughs> Holy crap. I mean, look, of course, the seasoned citizens we look to with uh, great respect. But uh, I, can we, is there anything, do you want to do anything else with your life? Go on TikTok, make some videos like that lady was just making there. Fantastic. Now, you might say, hey, those people are old um, and you'd be right. But neither one of them are America's dumbest senator. And that senator happens to be from Hawaii. Some of my Republican colleagues and public figures have attempted to undermine your qualifications through their pejorative use of the term mm. affordative, aff affirmative action. Or affordative. And they have implied you were solely nominated due to your race and not for other factors. Mm, it's not true. Apparently, some have even claimed 
that you need to show your LSAT scores to mm, determine what? whether you are a top legal mind. This is incredibly offensive and condescending. Let me be clear. Your nomination is about, not about filling a quota. Mm. It is about time. It's about time that we have a highly Good. qualified, oh. highly accomplished <laughs> black woman on the Supreme Court. It was not about filling a quota. It is about time. That was actually more cringy than the song, which, by the way, do ne never play the song. No matter how many times I say it, don't play it. Okay? Whatever you do. Um, <laughs> uh, by the way, I don't heard of no Republican who has said uh, this phrase. Uh, they have implied that you were solely nominated due to your race and not other factors. Uh, no one is saying that she couldn't have been nominated. We just know that there was a qualification that black skin needed to be there or you couldn't be nominated. You were automatically disqualified if you had different colored skin, which I remember in her history at one point that being a bad thing. I feel like it was last week, but maybe it was a longer time ago than that. But I will say, usually when you make decisions based on skin color, things turn out poorly. Apparently, this is something we now praise uh, out of uh, the Senate and uh, out of our presidency, which is really an amazing, amazing development. Uh, Amy Klobuchar was there as well in the middle of a... <laughs> Could this be any dumber? I mean, seriously. Could these hearings be any dumber? Here is Amy Klobuchar in a hearing about the Supreme Court. I just want you to know that that's where this, this particular rant occurred. Last week, I was at the Ukrainian-Polish border with refugees streaming through checkpoints, okay. leaving everything they had behind with only a suitcase and a backpack, a walking into the loving arms of their neighbors in Poland, okay. a country with a long, hard history of having been invaded by Nazis and Russians oh. and Prussians and Habsburgs. And Habsburgs. As our ambassador mm -hmm. there told me, uh -oh. at this moment in history, the people of Poland are achieving the dreams their grandparents could never realize. They are saying to their Ukrainian neighbors, we value freedom and respect your democracy. We value you so much that we will take you into our homes and into our hearts. We will open our doors and not shut you out. <laughs> Sir, this is a Wendy's. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh. I don't even know what she's talking about. I mean, I don't know if she, she stopped in with Nancy Pelosi for pre-session uh, pre drinks. I don't know. Why is she talking about, why is she talking about this? None of this makes any difference. And it's just the standard fare where they go out there and they roll through all of this nonsense over and over and over again. All the stuff that we already knew. Uh, Burgess Everett tweeted this, and it's just, it's just apt. For the most part, the first day of SCOTUS hearings could have been an email. And yes, it just could have been an email. This is the problem right now that we're going uh, into this with. We, we kind of all know the outcome here, right? The Democrats have the power. They've blown multiple opportunities uh, to, to advance their agenda through the past couple of years, largely because the president has soured everybody on the party and their mes message. And that's because their message doesn't work. They got their first big ticket package with the $1.9 trillion spending bill. And then they started churning out multiple trillions of dollars of more spending. Everyone saw the inflation. They saw what happened in Afghanistan. They've seen all of this. And they know this is a disaster in the making. Nobody wants to be part of it anymore. Uh, Alan West uh, was on, uh, I believe it was Fox News, talking about uh, the, uh, the approach of the left as, uh, as they go through this and what the framing is going to be, it's going to be a little familiar to you. Listen. 
Well, I would hope that Republicans challenge her based upon her record and challenge her based upon the rule of law and understanding what a jurist is supposed to be and not a judicial activist. But without a doubt, the left is going to browbeat the Republicans using racism, uh, misogyny and all of these different type of things if they don't just, uh, you know, turn over, roll over and allow this to just fly right past. Mm, yeah, I mean, this is exactly what they're going to do. And it's really frustrating because that's what they do all the time. They do it when the nominee is from a Republican. They even do it somehow when it's their own nominee. They turn everything around into these same four or five issues that they just repeat ad nauseum over and over and over again. Ted Cruz was at the uh, at the hearing as well. And he he went after this in, in a way that I think hit a lot of Republicans right where they live, because there's a debate right now on how to treat this nominee. You know, we I think we featured Jesse Kelly's tweet after they announced uh, that Katanji Brown Jackson was going to be the nominee. He just replied or quote tweeted her, I believe, and replied, she raped me. <laughs> now, I don't know. You know, we had him on. What was it last week? And we forgot to ask him what, about the whole rape accusation. Uh, but like it's as absurd as what happened to Brett Kavanaugh. They just basically waited till someone got named and then just had someone come out and say that uh, that he, he was a rapist. And they all, everyone was supposed to take that seriously. Now, we're supposed to come back on the other side when they put up a nominee and treat her with all the due respect that she actually deserves. And look, I'm on the, of the side that these, these, uh, these proceedings shouldn't go the way the Democrats want them to go. Republicans should be respective, uh, respect, uh, respectful to the nominee, and it should come back the other way. But when it doesn't come back the other way, it's tough to blame somebody for getting a little pissed off about this and at the very least doing what Ted Cruz did and pointed it out. Most of the members of this committee remember the confirmation hearing of Brett Kavanaugh, one of the lowest moments in the history of this committee, where Democrats on this committee sat on allegations, didn't refer them to the FBI, didn't ask for investigations, hid them, and then leaked them against the wishes of the complainant. They did do that. And we began a circus that featured Spartacus moments. <laughs> Cory Booker. Featured such nuts as Michael Avenatti, mm -hmm. whom CNN breathlessly for some months described as a possible Democratic presidential candidate. That's mm -hmm. before, presumably, he became a felon in recent months. <laughs> Judge Jackson, I can assure you that your hearing will feature none of that disgraceful behavior. No one is going to inquire into your teenage dating habits. No one is going to ask you with mock severity, do you like beer? Mm. So is that the right approach here? Should that be the approach? Now, look, I think it's going to be the approach, whether you want it to be or not. I think Republicans look at this and say, there's no win here. They can get this nominee through. If we fight and fight and fight and fight, we're not going to gain anything from it. And maybe we can gain something from being the, the adults in the room. And I think there's a lot of people out there, particularly on the right, net, right, right now, that are frustrated with that approach. They don't want to see that. They, they want blood, basically. They want political blood because they are sick of being beaten around. And we've seen the depths the left will go to. They will go to any depths. They will say anything about anyone to gain any amount of power. That is who they are. And it's frustrating, I think, to people on the right who say, you know what? We shouldn't let her skate through. Maybe we should just make crap up about her. 
I understand the instinct because these are really, really big consequences. A lot is on the line, and this is what they do. Now, I don't want to be them, frankly. I, what I look at when I look at the way the Democrats treated Kavanaugh, the way they treated Amy Coney Barrett, the way they treated Clarence Thomas, what I see there is something I never want to become for any reason. It's despicable. It's borderline inhuman. You're treating people uh, with the worst possible offenses just to gain a little bit of power, a couple of votes, a couple of donations. It's despicable. It's why everyone hates politics. So I don't want to be those people, but I understand the instinct of many who say, screw it. I understand it. It's sad because what they have done to the, the, the system is trash it at every turn. And what's frustrating about that is it's also part of their outcome. It's the, it's the desired outcome. They don't like these institutions. They don't like the American system. They don't like what America stands for. So tearing down these institutions benefits them. They like it. I don't like it. So I don't want it to continue. Look, the truth is that the Democrats are going to get Ketanji Brown-Jackson through this process because they have to. They could have gone for a nominee like J. Michelle Childs, who probably would have been able to get 10 or 15 Republican votes. But they chose not to go the bipartisan route because, frankly, they don't have to. They can do whatever they want here. So they will. But there's nothing in the rules that prohibits Republicans from getting pissed off about the fact that Democrats continually call their nominees rapists. I feel like calling your opponents rapists with no evidence attached to it should be slightly frowned upon. In many ways, Ketanji Brown Jackson is kind of like Kavanaugh. Both have, uh, you know, the on paper resumes to be on the court. And, you know, a lot of the opposition from the other party is based on their judicial philosophy, which is how it's supposed to be. Judicial opposition is is like uh, it's like the ice cream. I just don't think we should, I don't know, add the whipped cream and cherry on top in the form of unfounded rape allegations. Call me crazy. Call me wacky. And I don't want to make threats. But if you don't agree with me on every single point today that I have made, I am going to play this lady's song again. And the only thing worse than being falsely accused of rape would be hearing that song again. One of the things I love about cryptocurrency is how it takes power away from the crazy senators we just talked about in the last segment. I have a clip coming up from you for you later uh, on uh, today, maybe today or tomorrow, whenever we get to it, from Elizabeth Warren talking about cryptocurrency. And it just highlights everything that is right about crypto, everything that needs to make sure uh, that, that this goes on, the reasons why this needs to make sure that crypto is embraced by our country, not rejected. Tika Tawari came uh, into our lives on the show, on the radio show back in, I think, 2016. He was talking about blockchain and Bitcoin. A lot of people called him sort of crazy on this. No one believed that it was going to have the sort of run it has had. It had that run. It then kind of popped and, and came down. It was at 3000 uh, for one Bitcoin back in March of 2020. But now we're at over 40000 per Bitcoin. A lot of people think, I'm too late on this. I remember hearing about Bitcoin five or six years ago, and I'm, you know, I've, the, the, the gains have already happened. I will tell you this. You look at how many people out there own it, you're still really early on this one. 
Don't let it slip by. If you haven't gone into the crypto world, learn about it, understand it. Make sure you do your own homework and sign up for Tika's, uh, Tika Tuari's Palm Beach letter. It's at BigTReport.com. BigTReport.com. Know the facts about crypto. Understand what you're getting yourself into. It can be you know, volatile at times, but it's a really important part of our economy, and it's growing fast. It's BigTReport.com. BigTReport.com. So the Babylon Bee is in trouble once again. Ah, yes. It, when you make a joke and it offends the wrong people, you get in a lot of trouble these days. Uh, this one is because of their tweet about the Babylon Bee's man of the year is Rachel Levine. Uh, Rachel, of course, uh, formerly uh, a man and is now saying uh, that he's a woman. Uh, and so that was apparently hateful. I don't know that I would say... Uh, Rachel Levine is the man of the year. I would say Rachel Levine is the Area 51 scientist of the year. Um, do we have the photo? Uh, look at that. The, from Independence Day. That's basically Rachel Levine right there. That's exactly what Rachel Levine looks like. <laughs> and, uh, and by the way, that's the Independence Day uh, scientist for those on podcast. Just Google it and then you'll, ha- you'll get the joke like four minutes from now. Whenever you're done Googling, the you'll get the visual joke then. Um, it is amazing that this stuff continues to happen. And the idea that it's some actual policy that is applied evenly across political uh, aisles is completely ridiculous. It only happens to conservatives. It only happens to conservatives. Now, I will say this. We were not censored for our incredible moving tribute to Leah Thomas, for Woman of the Year. And we spent a lot of time trying to figure out what made Leah Thomas stand out, what made her so much better than all other women. We couldn't figure it out. So maybe uh, that's just a a future path for Babylon B if they wanted to look for anything like that to try to get themselves through these tough times. But they're trying, I mean, it's funny because on the same week we find out about uh, the New York Times finally coming around to the Hunter Biden laptop uh, by the way, you can get uh, Hunter Biden's laptop case at HunterBidenLaptopCase.com. Don't forget that. Uh, but you can get <laughs> they had it ready. That's great. HunterBidenLaptopCase.com. Uh, on the same freaking week that we find out, the New York Times is like, oh, yeah, by the way, that was totally legit. Those emails were real. Laptop was real. Sorry about that whole your presidential candidate thing, you know, them losing or whatever that was. We no, no we're oopsies, but that was real. The same week. Where we find that out, after Twitter closed down the, or suspended the, uh, the Twitter account of the New York Post, America's oldest newspaper, by the way, restricted them at a time that I had a column in the New York Post, so they couldn't even tweet about it. And I, I hold that grudge to this day. Uh, I had an Andrew Cuomo uh, column in there, and they couldn't even tweet about it because their stupid account was shut down. This is incredible. And... In the middle of that week where the New York Times finally says, oh, yeah, by the way, this is a real problem. They're suspending a parody account for making a joke. And again, this is a divided issue. I mean, uh, it shouldn't be, in my view. But this is a a left and right issue. This is not some, um, uh, you know, this is not making some racial joke or something that is 100 to zero when it comes to polling. This is a 50-50 type of issue. It's actually not even, I mean, when it comes to like stuff like Leah Thomas, it's not even a 50-50 issue. It favors the conservative in public opinion, and you can't even make jokes about it. That's insanity. Of course, you can. I'm sure there's no problem tweeting about this. Uh, The Washington governor who has uh, created a brand new, this is Jay Inslee. You'll remember him from finishing in 11,000th place 
in the presidential uh, 2020 um, uh, primary for the Democrats. He signed a bill into law saying that, you know what? Hey, if Rachel Levine gets pregnant tomorrow, which could totally happen, uh, he needs to get she needs to get an abortion, too. I can't remember where. I lose track of which side I'm supposed to say is the right one. But that person, them, they can get an abortion, too. It's House Bill 1851 takes event, uh, a uh, effect in June. It is an inclusive terminology for abortions. Although abortion rights movement has historically centered on women in our advocacy, that must no longer be the case. And it is critical that we recognize that transgender, non-binary and gender expansive people also get uh, pregnant and require abortion care. Guess what? They don't. They don't. Uh, they don't get. Uh, they don't. Uh, I was talking about this on News and Why It Matters today. There was a story of a kind of a fat dude goes into uh, the hospital having all sorts of pain, internal pain. They don't know what's going on. They bring him through the hospital. They go through all the checks. They're doing all the tests. They're doing all the thing. Well, they later on find out it's not a dude at all. It was a woman saying they were a dude. And their form said, dude. So the baby uh, that she was pregnant with because, you know, she was a girl, uh, she, uh, the baby was lost. This is uh, actually happened in a hospital. And like, you know, that's the way the story's been told as I've heard it before. But and I can't stop and help and think. You know, when you look at someone like the beautiful Rachel uh, Devine or Devine, Levine, thank you, Levine, uh, or you look at Leah Thomas, I got to say, I think uh, most people would be able to tell. I don't know what it is. We have some uh, magical uh, 15th sense that says, hey, that's probably a guy uh, under that Speedo. I don't know what, how we could detect such things. Who could possibly know? But the point is that I bet you some of the medical professionals there had an inkling to say, you know what, I think that might be a woman. And they didn't say anything because they were probably terrified to say something. And in this particular case, it cost a baby its life because we all felt so nervous to be able to say the things that we all knew were true, that medical professionals clearly knew were true, but the paperwork said it's a guy. So they treated them medically like a guy. And guys can't get pregnant. This is a sad uh, truth. Actually, it's a really happy truth because I'm a guy and I don't want to deal with it. I'll be honest with you. I, I want nothing to do with it. We would have zero kids if I, if I was required to go through with it. Um, and I think we'd have zero kids on the planet if guys were required to go through with it. So that's just a, a minor, minor thing. And it's weird to see this pushback uh, against a lot of these things. I think these issues where it really smacks you in the face is, is, is important to highlight. The, hey, we have a, a, a male, a biological male winning women's swim meets. Hey, uh, the man of the, uh, the woman of the year award is going to someone who quite clearly is a biological male. These things are important to point out to people because it smacks them in the face. There's no spinning your way out of this. No one can tell you that that's reality. It's not. Bill Maher is one of these guys who's come around. And I don't know that he's changed all that much or just that the issues that interest him right now are ones that he agrees with conservatives on. But the truth is that he is able to kind of highlight these culture uh, issues and seem really sane on them. Uh, he went on to another rant this week talking about um, uh, the whole Vladimir Putin thing. And we're seeing people on the left in particular can't, trying to cancel every Russian they can find. Regular Russian people. 
many of them in America, people with businesses that might say Russian in the name or a Russian restaurant or, you know, Russian opera singers and Russian performers being canceled from their jobs for what? What what value is this? He pointed out, he said, do you think uh, we're lumping the Russians too much with their government? I feel like this country, uh, what we're doing now, everything Russian is bad and every Russian is bad. First of all, that's not fair. If they weren't white, I think we call that racism. uh, We call that racism, you know, to lump everybody together. Not every, I mean, a lot of the Russian people don't know what's going on. First of all, that's true. Second of all, the Russians that are actually in the United States, most of them ran away from that crap heap, right? They didn't want to stay there under that government. They didn't like it there. Many of them escaped that life to come over here to embrace a little bit of their culture, but to be separate from that government, to live in our system. These are people we should embrace here in the United States, not cancel because their dumb government is doing something terrible. Uh, Max Brooks, who was the uh, son, uh, son of, um, of uh, Mel Brooks, he said, also strategically it's unwise because what we were uh, doing very smart about it in World War II, we knew the war was going to come to an end. We knew if we punished all Germans the way we did after World War I, we would come uh, back them into a corner. So we crafted a narrative that you Germans are led astray by Hitler. Now we know some of that's not true, but a lot of it was. A lot of Germans couldn't stand Hitler. They were terrified for their own lives to speak out. Uh, We have to think we cannot back Russians as an entire group into a corner. If we can separate Putin from the Russians in general, then we not only have a victory, we have a post-war plan. And that's that's wise. I mean, uh, we we want this to end, but we don't want this to be something where we now are in a cold war against all Russians, no matter who the new leader is, if hopefully Vladimir Putin is taken out of power. So it's kind of interesting to see the cancel culture unite people on the right and the left in just this kind of common center lane of sanity. Back on. Well, after the Senate approved a measure to get uh, to put us on daylight savings time, uh, I shouldn't pluralize it. I hate that daylight saving time uh, for eternity. Uh, now it's going to the House, and it looks like it's going to die in the House. Uh, Premier Jayapal who is uh, the really progressive House member. She says, I've been hearing a lot about this from my constituents recently because we're in Seattle and it's so dark. And if we make daylight saving permanent, it's going to be dark until like nine in the morning. Now, that's a reason for perhaps her to vote against it. But why does that mean the whole thing is going to die? Uh, I don't understand. What is the opposition to this? I keep hearing these BS things like, Oh, well, did you know that people who are not on daylight savings t- or saving time uh, have more heart attacks and are in more car crashes and uh, can't concentrate in school? There's like different justifications. None of them, I believe, are real. Like they all are like, OK, well, I, I think maybe the changing might affect some of that stuff. But if it was all the same all the time, I can't imagine Uh, this would actually be a factor. It's not that big of a deal. It's just an annoying thing for people. And it's yet another dumb thing our government seems to do. And what is the real opposition to this? Is there some big, like, is there big clock? Is big clock coming in and saying, no, we need to, if people don't know they're changing the time, we're going to sell 14% less clocks? I'm like, no. There's like, there's incredible pressure. They're like, they're like uh, threatening to release details on Jayapal's last jaunt to Vegas where she was in the back room at, you know, a strip club 
with like 14 male dancers and 13 female dancers. They got footage of it and are like, hey, you either oppose that daylight saving time thing or we're releasing all this footage. And believe me, you got funky. You got weird in that one. You, kn- you know it, Premier Jayapal. You know what you did. We've got the we've got the tape. We're going to release it on the TikToks. Is that what happens? I I don't know. I don't understand if you have any idea why this is. Act- I don't want their dumb public statements. What is the real reason why they're opposing getting uh, putting us on daylight saving time forever? Put it in the comments. YouTube.com slash Stu Does America. I actually would love to hear if you have any idea. Any real idea or a fake idea that would be funny. Um, House Democrats also are unveiling a plan to send $100 monthly gas checks to Americans and provide relief from rising prices, or at least how they're stating it. And, you know, this has been a time-tested strategy for governments all around the world. You know who has the lowest gas prices in the entire world? Venezuela. Because they do this. This is what they do. They uh, subsidize the markets, and they make sure that their people pay almost nothing for gas, like under a dollar a gallon. At one point, it was like eight cents a gallon. And they don't have any gas price issues at all. Does that work for their society? Is it a good plan overall? Has anyone thought about this at all? Apparently not. So that's what they want to do. So far, it's been uh, killed. But uh, look, they're going to try to buy their way, not into a victory, in November, because I don't even think they believe that's possible, but they are going to try to buy their way into a less complete defeat. They're going to try to find a way for them to lose fewer seats and try to remain somewhat close so they can have some sort of impact here in the next couple of years while Biden hopefully runs out his presidency and then is gone from office forever. Uh, and if you didn't think that before the video I'm about to show you, you're going to feel it in your soul. This has, they, they say gaslighting is a thing. You see it all the time on social media. Oh, the left d- gaslights, the right gaslights. A lot of times it's just misused. There could not be a more clear effort here to gaslight than the video I'm go- about to show you and let you listen to. This is from the White House with Joe Biden and some students who can't help but thank Joe Biden for allowing them to go back to school. I kid you not. What was it like doing school from home last year? It was like kind of sad because the first day of second grade, you like go and meet new people. I didn't meet new people, but I couldn't make any friends. I, I couldn't really hear that much. And and it wasn't like I was learning like I would in the actual classroom. Right. School from last year, like one of my friends on camera, like wasn't working right. and some of them were sleeping. When we came back in third grade, it's like I got to make friends. I have like at least five to seven friends now. I wanted to say um, thank you for letting us come back to school because you're the reason that we're able to have fun with our friends and actually learn instead of being on virtual. Well, that's great. I hear you all got your COVID shots. Is that right? I went to my church. They had like booster shots and stuff, so I went to go get two. Oh, good for you. You no, guys are really good. nice to take so much time to spend with me. Pastor has to go, okay? Can we say thank you? Thank you, Mr. President. Oh, my good God. I mean, seriously. Seriously. How dumb do they have to think you are? They must think you are so stupid to possibly 
in their minds believe that you could think that was a rational way to think through the last couple of years. Yes, what we've learned from the last couple of years is Joe Biden was so passionate about opening up schools and taking masks off. It's bonkers, and it is just gaslighting. They can't, they know this isn't true, but they do think some of their voters are that dumb. Look, they worked with the teachers union, unions to make sure your kids were out of school. I will tell you this, the little pictures they were showing with the cute kids going like, hey, here, it's my first day of second grade. I take those pictures with our kids every year. And guess what? None of them were in front of a computer because no first days did my kid go uh, to school virtually. None. It didn't happen. A little bit of time right after the pandemic, right after the full shutdown, they did some virtual stuff. And then it was over after a few weeks and they never did it again. Because my kids go to a private school. And you might say, oh, well, Mr. Elitist sending their kids to a private school. First of all, it should be about your top priority. Second of all, and I want to make this into a, uh, and I understand that not everyone can do it. We're fortunate enough to do it. And honestly, I don't apologize for that. I think it's a great thing for my kids. And it's the best money I freaking spend. So if I had to live under a bridge, I'd still pay pay money to send them to the school. Don't tell them because they'll raise the prices even higher. But the point here is that we need to step back and think, ask a couple of difficult questions about Republicans and what they're doing right now. You know, this, there's never been a time where the, the argument is more clear that you should not have your kids in these schools. We have them shutting them down. We have the teachers not wanting to go back to work. We have masked up students, cancellation of all the extracurricular activities, all of the pain that they put our kids through with no intent on getting them to learn or to catch up. A total catastrophe in every single way. Everything we've seen over the last couple of years. Add on to that, when they are there, what are they learning? What are they teaching them? It's Pride Day. It's LGBTQIA2 plus day. It's, uh, it's critical race theory. It's boys on the girls swim teams. All of the crazy, that doesn't even get into the 1619 project crap that they're teaching these kids. And We sit here, I guess, as conservatives and say, hey, please open those schools back up so we can send our kids to hell. Is that the right way to be thinking about this? And look, look, I like what Ron DeSantis has done with some of the education policies that he's done. The whole don't say gay bill, which is not a don't say gay bill at all. It's an age appropriate conversation bill that says, hey, don't talk to my kids about your sex life when you're when they're in second grade. That is not an inappropriate uh, law to pass. And I like the Glenn Youngkin stuff where he's saying, hey, you know, CRT shouldn't be taught in schools. That's all fine and good. But where the hell is the priority for the Republican Party to, I don't know, right now be pushing for voucher bills so that kids can take their tax money, the money they're paying for school. Their parents are paying for school. They're just paying for the crap heap school. That's the public school. That same money could be going to a private school and kids could get the education they freaking deserve. And I hear barely word one from Republicans about that right now. How is that not a priority to you guys? How are you not selling that hard? How does not every red state have this already in place? How on earth is this possible in this environment after what we've seen over the past couple of years? It's disgraceful. The fact that this has not occurred is an absolute disgrace. And the Republicans don't deserve your vote if they can't come up with this stuff on their own. 
If they're not prioritizing this, I understand you're not going to get stuff past Joe Biden right now. We're not even talking about these aren't even national issues. But the Republicans are about to have a wave election where they're going to be able to get through stuff they have prioritized for decades. And this should be one of the top priorities. Why are we are we imprisoning another generation of kids to these terrible schools that are only getting worse? Why are we doing that right now? We have the ultimate argument to take them out. And all we keep saying is, oh, please open the doors. Please let them come back in. Please allow, please let their teachers teach them a bunch of nonsense for the next 12 years. How is this possibly the approach? Can we be proactive at all on this stuff? I got to do a monologue on this because I'm out of time and I'm just so frustrated about it. But it is a really important issue that I don't know, maybe Republicans should be prioritizing. This, there has never been a more thirsty audience than right now. Allow them to drink it up. Back in a second. So does CBD work? Have you ever tried it? 90% of doctors say their patients have tried CBD to treat a health condition. So what does that mean? Is it gonna work for you? Well, the only way you're going to ever going to figure that out is by trying it. And the best place to go for that is cbdistillery.com with over 2 million customers and counting. CB Distillery is the source to trust for CBD. If you're thinking about if you have sleeping problems, 90% of CB Distillery customers say they sleep better with CBD. If you have nagging discomfort, 80% of their customers found that CBD helped them with that. Go to cbdistillery.com. If you have one of these issues or many others, give it a shot. See if it works for you. Where You can order online at cbdistillery.com. You don't need a prescription. You can enter SDA at, at uh, checkout for 20% off. Enter SDA for 20% off at cbdistillery.com. Now, it's not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You guys can go uh, complain about that to those states but cbdistillery.com is available in the 47 other ones. They want to help you out with your CBD needs. It's cbdistillery.com. The code is for, uh, SDA for Stu Does America, SDA at cbdistillery.com. Uh, before we get to the reviews today, this has been a heck of a show. Um, before we get to the reviews today, let's go back because I can't. Now it's in my head. Give me the stupid Kachanji Brown Jackson song again. Kachanji Brown Jackson, she is for real. Oh, Never had a justice quite like her. She's a former public defender. Oh, yeah, she Ketanji looks kind of like Jackson, AOC, am I right? She kinda is like for AOC. real. And what is the other grad judge that the circuit court and slightly. the trial court? She knows the score. Kachanji Brown Jackson, she, think her head's out of the shot? she is for real. Many a day has oh, no, gone by with no black again. female voice. Want the most okay, qualified? KBJ's a clear choice. No. Clerked at all three levels of the judiciary. Oh, That's way oh, more than can be said for Miss Amy Coney. Oh, Barrett pushed it faster than Cancun Cruz when he fled. Oh, so spare see. us all that bullshit like you thought we'd forget. KBJ Why? is the GOAT. Oh, you want an explanation? Let's look at how much they all did before the nominations. KBJ's is of experience. She judged for 8.9. Yeah, that's more than Thomas Roberts, Kagan, and Barrett combined. I specifically said, do not let me play that song again. I specifically said it multiple times. I said, no matter how I asked, don't let this happen. And look what you've done. This is not on me. This is not on me. This is on this entire building. This goes all the way to the top. It's all your fault. I hope you I hope you're happy with yourself, Blaze TV.
All right. You can review the show. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars on iTunes or, or I guess it's iTunes. They don't even exist anymore. Does it podcast? Whatever you do, where podcasts are, click the five stars. We appreciate that. Stu, great show. Facts with the funny. Yes, we like them together. Thank you very much. Perfect, says Dave. Five stars. And we do appreciate that. By the way, when you review this show positively, you not only help this podcast, but you also hurt others. They can feel it when you do that. It actually, there's an actual physical pain that goes into other crappy podcasters when you click the five-star button for us. We do appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. You can also comment during the show on YouTube. Uh, this one comes in. People criticize Trump for being a TV personality, yet are all over Zelensky, who also was. It's weird how that works. It's almost as if there's something else completely different at play. Pamela writes in, I love the Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. The problem is to get more material, she has to keep talking. It's a win-lose scenario. That's true. It's not a win-win. I will tell you that. By the way, you can watch all the Veep Thoughts. We're building a wonderful library of these for you and your sharing pleasure. You can uh, check them all out at veepthoughts.com. Veepthoughts.com. And just for a little treat, here's our most recent Veep Thoughts. And now, Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. This has been Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Okay, so here's what happened. Have you ever had a degustation? What is a degustation, you ask? It's a good question because it sounds like not something certainly that you'd want to eat but it's more of a process of eating in this particular case. 11 courses, an 11-course tasting menu. Why is it called a degustation? It's very close to the word disgusting. It also happens to be happening at KFC. An 11-course tasting meal at KFC in Australia only. And I know, just get your plane tickets right now. I know you're going to go get it. First of all, I would say almost any meal at KFC tastes uh, uh, disgusting. Uh, but also... It feels like you had an 11-course meal. That's kind of the standard process with uh, KFC. So what is there? They have, a, they have supercharged wings, which have been charred over a bed of charcoal, a potato and gravy course, uh, which a potato bun is accompanied by a gravy candle, popcorn chicken with soup, gnocchi, and basil, gnocchi at a KFC, that's, that'll be interesting. Um, our religi- original recipe, drumstick, that has been dusted with quinoa and gold. And the tongue twister, which seems to be a variety of sauces that have been poured onto a plate in the shape of Colonel Sanders' face. By the way, 75 bucks a person. Reservations are accepted for tables of two and four. And it happens in Australia, which uh, this would be one of the times you'd actually be begging to be bit by one of those Australian spiders or snakes that are just cr- that I imagine at least are just crawling through the streets at all times. That's how I picture Australia, like a crocodile Dundee movie. That's my only impression of it. That's how it is all the time. Don't ask Sidney Watson if I'm right on that, but that's that's my belief, and we'll we'll leave it at that. Uh, by the way, don't forget to uh, check out blazetv.com slash stew promo code is stew to get subscribed to blaze tv and don't forget nancy pelosi sucks pens and nancy pelosi sucks mugs are available now as well on the website check them out we'll see you tomorrow